Good morning, guys. Um, trust that you are all well. Again, because of the weather, of course, we are a little bit uh, limited to meet in homes, or many of us are limited to meet at homes. But I trust that uh, even in your homes that you would, uh, you would encounter Jesus, you know, just like in any other place, whether it's in a hall like Scares or outside or in a home. Whenever we come together in His name, He is there. I think the thing that he's usually looking for most is just an expectation. So I trust that there is um, expectation with you guys wherever you are this morning. So uh, this morning we're going to do things just a little bit different. Um, Nicholas here, my friend, he, uh, he got a dream during the week and um, he shared it with me. And uh, immediately when he shared it with me, I thought that there might be something quite significant here for us as a congregation. So I shared with, uh, with two other people and um, just between me and the two other people in hearing and trying to, to hear the interpretation, I think there was quite an amount of unity that we, 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 we got and picked up what God wants to say to the congregation. So um, I think it's a quite a key word. So I'll, I'll, I've asked Nicholas to just come and share the dream. And then we'll excuse him. And then I'll just uh, make a few comments on what I believe God wants to speak to us as a congregation through this dream. So, welcome Nicholas. Thanks Thank for being here. And uh, would you please share with us your dream? Thank you. Uh, hi guys. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, in the mid of last week, I think, I had a dream. And um, in that dream, we were like, uh, our congregation were in a, a room, uh, a big one. And then... <clears throat> ordered that all the doors and uh, windows must be closed and no one should be outside and um, yeah we were just there waiting and it seemed like we were to be there for quite a long time and um, yeah and then some people like started sneaking out and Kara um, was, was, was so angry and he was disappointed and he tried to call the people back you know but the people insisted to go out and um, yeah after the people left, um, th there was a screen in that room, and um, um, they showed that there was a match, a tennis match between Moses and uh, Abraham. So everybody was so excited, and uh, yeah, we were so like happy to see the, the match. And um, I asked Kala, like, Kala, you know, Moses is... is, is is the man of God and God has been using him so much has fought his battles and on the other hand we have Abraham um, who has got faith a lot of faith is the man of faith you know and God has been honoring him and giving him so many promises but between these two who do you think is going to win the match and before Carl uh, uh, answered electricity went off so we couldn't watch the match and everybody was so disappointed and just after that, the people who went out came and Kala went to open the door. Um, he called them in, but they insisted that they wanted to be outside, you know. So it seemed to be dark outside. And Kala said, no, you can't be outside. It's dark there. But the people insisted to be outside. And among those people who went out, like, were um, married people and, you know, so Kala was a bit disappointed, like these people 
first were Christians, secondly it was dark outside that they were not supposed to be outside. But they, they asked like maybe to be given five minutes or ten minutes that they will, after that they will come inside. But still they were outside. And yeah, after that I woke up. That's the dream. That's the dream. Alright. So it's quite interesting. So we'll make our comments now. So first I just want to say thanks Nicholas. Thanks for sharing. Right. And uh, oh. yeah. Bless you. Alright. Um, so about the dream um i think the the first thing that stands out that i i wanted to stand still just a little bit is the um, abram and moses and uh, just these two playing against one another um i must say it was interesting while uh, nicholas was sharing the dream with me in my heart there was definitely a desire for the one guy to win i i i must say i had a, i was in my heart rooting for the one guy but there is a point to the fact that we don't see the result um, of that so abram obviously is a man of faith as nicholas has shared with us and he represents faith and faith accompanies um, also freedom many times so the faith and freedom is the one leg moses on the other hand of course he is the one that gave us the law um, and uh, in, in this instance, we are not at all saying that we should go under the law or promote legalism. But when you think about Moses and that which he represents is this purity, um, there's holiness, definitely, and uh, um, the fear of God. Um, and uh, I think in this instance, in this season that we are, what the Lord is trying to say to us is that we should be careful to try and play off these two against one another meaning that i celebrate my freedom or my faith that caused me to be free more than holiness uh, or purity or the fear of god or then on the other hand you know have such a settling on at least i'm not doing anything wrong but yet the the heart of faith the the really the life of stepping outside of the boat and walking on water has kind of disappeared um, from your christian walk it's not to play them against one another and i mean i know even as i share that you know there's naturally some of you that are maybe more of an abram person or maybe more of a moses person but the point is not that we'll play them off against one another or elevate the one above the other but really know in the season um, large parts of our Christian walk, obviously we always need both of them, but it is almost as if God is emphasizing both in this season. So um, just a couple of things that I want to mention in, in, in my walk with the Lord. So, um, you know, when I just got saved um, and not understanding the grace of Jesus and understanding who I am in him and the and, 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 and what it means to be, you know, redeemed and the blood of Jesus, I mean, a little bit of me still try to find acceptance or at least uh, a stance before God through my works. And so I had a definite pursuit of holiness, um, but holiness was really to win favor before God or win position before God. Now, I mean, any one of you that have ever tried that, and I think especially in the beginning of our walk, that's a common error that we fall into. And we pretty soon realize that that, that is impossible and uh, I came for a time then that I was 
privilege then to see and to understand the, the freedom, the acceptance that I have in Jesus that is not built on my works or anything that I do, that I was accepted regardless. And uh, my freedom was then such a celebration. What has happened then, though, in the meanwhile, sometimes with me, is the pursuit for holiness in some ways has gotten muddled a little bit. And so in the name of freedom, I would allow certain things in my life and comfort myself at least to say I am free. And so in that, se Ooh. <coughs> in that sense, freedom, uh, my freedom has sometimes come <coughs> at the cost of, um, of holiness. And uh, obviously, you guys would know that is wrong. So I, I quickly want to read us a verse. It is in Galatians 5 verse 13. Yeah, so uh, we are recording here at Rudy's house and um, Nicholas has made us some Malawi food. So I don't know if this is starting to burn my throat here. <clears throat> um, okay, so Galatians 5 verse 13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another. And so, as, as it would say, so you look, understand and embrace your freedom. Just be careful now not to use your freedom as an excuse to find yourself to compromise um, on, on holiness. So, w one of the things that I've, I've also recently kind of seen this thing is, you know, um, when we also just get saved, we, we usually struggle with shame. So for us to come in the light or be honest of all our weaknesses is a very difficult thing. You know, we would rather as a Adam and Eve try and cover our shame. Um, and then, you know, again, as you discover the love of God and acceptance of God, you realize again that you could be free to be vulnerable. You could be free to be honest. You could be free to come in the light about what you've done, right? But now, uh, what I've just seen lately, and I've seen it in my life, and just also in people's life around me, that we've swing from the other side, that we have come to a place that we are free from shame, but also on the other hand, we have lost the remorse side of things. And so we are very, very uh, comfortable in speaking about our sins, or even... Uh, naming our sins or even uh, um, living in it in the light but <laughs> it's without remorse now please be careful what we are saying is when we come into the light it's not that we are um, that we should almost boast about our, our sinfulness or that we we, we should uh, be without remorse when we come into the light it is then coming together with remorse God I am sorry God change me right uh, you guys will know the, 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 the story that Jesus told of the Pharisee and um, the sinner that came before God and how the sinner first confessed after the Pharisee first confessed before God and said, thank you, God, that I'm not like that. You know, he was completely covering himself. He was not vulnerable before God. In fact, he judged others to cover up his own faults and shame. And then then it turned to the sinner that fell on his knees and acknowledge, God, I'm a sinner, I'm weak, save me, 
you know, and it, it says he beat his chest. And you, and, and you see very clearly the type of confession that we find there or the, the type of vulnerability. It is, yes, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is being open and coming in the light, but it's definitely coming with a measure of remorse. You know, in, in Israel, there was one instance where, um, where the, the nation has mixed with other foreign nations and there, there took place a lot of sexual immorality in, in, in the camp of Israel. And some of them became so open by their sexual immorality that even though the judgment of God was already, already breaking out in the camp, some of them were, were outrightly still sleeping and being in the act of sexual immorality with, with ungodly women. Um, it, it, it is, it is, it is to, 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 to put that in the same light of being in the light, of being vulnerable, is, is distancing so far from God had intended. And then the story is that one man just picked up a spear and rolled it through this man and the woman um, as, an, as absolutely abhorring about what was going on. And God then acknowledging that and honored that man for doing that. So... <laughs> Please, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say that I am happy to see that increasingly there is a culture amongst us that we can be vulnerable and that we can be honest. But we, we would swing it too far if this lack of shame, which we should have 100%, also should, leave, should lead to a lack of remorse. We come honestly before God. But still, we have to have a remorse of anything that is not in line with what God has intended in His Word. Um, then thirdly, I, I uh, sometimes are, are worried of, of what are being said in the name of love. You know, there is a word that the world loves to use lately, and that's the word tolerance. And tolerance is, is sometimes being elevated as the ultimate Type of character that people should have now i think love in its very essence gives people what they need not what they want <laughs> tolerance on the flip side is obsessed to give people what they want sometimes at the cost of neglecting to give them what they need <laughs> love accepts a person regardless of what he does but it doesn't accept all the actions tolerance on the other hand is obsessed with accepting the deeds at all costs because somehow they are linked to them you accept the deed you accept the person and please <laughs> I want to say that we are not merely a tolerant movement no we are a love movement that accept people for who they are but we don't accept all deeds and all actions just the way that they are we are obsessed in that sense, in love, to give people what they need <laughs> and to see people come into all that God wants for them. Now, I have now uh, firstly hit the, the, the Abram routers. Now I'm going to look a little bit at the, at the Moses routers. Now, here's the problem with, with guys that is overemphasis and cheer for the Moses guys. Now, um, it is easy to, to live a Christian walk where, where our actions are right. We go for the motions. And if you look, there is nothing that we can point out that is outright wrong. 
You are staying out of trouble. But if you have to be really honest, the reality of your relationship and even the reality of God in your life has become very, very, very dim. Now, in, in Hebrews 11, which is the chapter of faith, um, they take the story of Cain and Abel and they say how both these men were making some sort of offering and sacrifice to God, burnt offering. So it's not that, and, and both was first fruits, you know, the one would take his crops and the other one will take his livestock and both of them will put it down and burn that. Um, and so an act that was exactly the same, but then God made the comment and say, the one, the one will worship him by faith. So, so it would say in Hebrews 11, Abel's worship was accepted because he worshiped by faith and Cain's worship was rejected. Because he did not worship by faith. Now, how does it look when uh, one of us, some of us worship by faith and some of us worship without faith? Now, when we worship without, I mean, I, I will ask you, just consider yourself. Have you ever worshipped where you just merely went through the motions, right? I mean, all of us have come to know now the moves. Some of us know the songs. And in some ways, it's an easy thing just to go through the motions, right? But the reality of God is very far from the actual. It's merely a ritual that you go through. On the other hand, you know, you get a worship at times where you feel it's as if God is standing before you. You're not singing a song. You're seeing a person and you're bringing glory and honor to him. And yes, you have a song because that is what's given to you now. Yes, you have actions because this is what you have. But whatever it takes, you see this person for who he is and you want to bring glory and honor to him. There is reality to it. And what faith does, it brings reality to our walk where the absence of faith just causes us to go through the motions and do a ritual. So um, if I can ask you, you know, if people would look at your life, and I know maybe you live a good life and you, you know, you read your Bible, do devotion. And really, there's no outright sin that people can point out to you. But um, can people explain your life apart from God? <laughs> now, I, I want to live a life that people have to say, how do we explain that life other than God is alive? It is impossible that what has happened through his life and what has happened in his life that it could be explained in any other way than God is alive. <laughs> and if, if the reality of God being alive starts becoming increasingly absent in our life, even though we are all right, <laughs> you know, there is a problem. You know, a, a little while ago, I said, I said to, to Narco, I said, I have such a desire to, to just have to walk on water again. I feel like this has been such a long time that I've been kind of stuck in the in, in the boat. There's there's I mean, I've done all I mean I'm doing all the, the church things and Christian things and there's there's no outright issue, but I I just feel so in the boat. And um uh, it is interesting how in the same time my relationship with Jesus have definitely gone restores, gone at a new level where I have had much more reality in my relationship actually being restored. And it's amazing how as that relationship is just being restored, it's just it just it just naturally flows out. As relationship is restored, you naturally hear him more. He naturally are 
uh, the, the, the opportunities to hear him calling you out of the boat is just naturally more there. And just out of relationship, being restored, I find myself much more out of the boat again than in, in the previous season. So again, I, 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 I want to ask you, you know, um, that in any way, if you, if you are those that can say, well, there's nothing that I'm doing wrong, but actually in, 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 in God's measurements, you know, you are very much still in the boat. There's a verse in Second, Second uh, Timothy three verse five, where Paul is saying, you know, he, he warns of, of of certain types of persons, and then he mentions this one group of people that he says they carry a form of godliness, but they deny the power. And uh, uh, you know, sometimes when my relationship with God is struggling, I fall back on merely relying on a form of godliness but there's very very little power or manifestation of his power <laughs> and if god is true in our lives if we're truly a people of faith the reality of his power in us through us should be there all right so from mentioning these two i i hope that you might see, you know, that the, the challenge on uh, uh, both the Moses and both the Abram side, it's not the one or the other. Uh, in this time, we need to walk in both. We need to walk with a, with a reverence and a fear of God. We need to walk with a desire of holiness. Yet on the other side, you know, we, we can't settle for merely staying out of trouble and not doing something wrong. We need to get out of the boat. We need to be a people of faith. So... Then I, I just need to mention, as Nicholas mentioned, the people that are sneaking out and being out and at times taking long to, to be out. Now, I want to read you guys a verse. Many of you uh, would know that. It is in 1 Corinthians, was it now 2 Corinthians? I think it's 1 Corinthians 10. Um, verse, verse 12. Uh, he says... Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide the way to escape also, so that you would be able to endure. You know, from verse 12, I want to say, probably the, the most powerful statement that I can make and that you can make is to be, to be um, honest enough to say that I can fall at any time, that I am not immune to falling. And uh, I want to say, beware if something in your heart is telling you or needing to justify to yourself that I would be okay. As soon as you feel that you need to justify and talk yourself up that you need to will be okay being in what can be compromising situations there should be there should be a red light um, for you in these matters right please let us beware of a pride that think I'm able to stand in places and situations <laughs> Even, even, even the most greatest, much greater men and women than us have fallen several times in that same trap. Now, um, 
a couple of years ago it's 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 a story that some of you might have heard me me tell but um, a couple of years ago many years ago I was uh, with some sort of church retreat with um, some guys some leaders and during the break we we were walking in a, in a type of felt and my one friend he was an animal crazy type of guy and he he caught a snake he, he had a, a oar with him and he put the oar on the snake's neck kind of to keep him down and as he's keeping him down he called me to 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 keep the the snake to, to take the the oar over from him to keep the snake down so that he could go down and see actually by looking at the head what type of snake it is and as i was holding the snake down you know i i feel like there's really only two options for me here if i'm gonna press harder i'm gonna kill the snake um but if I, uh, but if I'm not going to kill the snake and press harder, this thing is going to escape. And I had this feeling that it's impossible for me to maintain this thing. And as my friend went down, looked at it and at some stage shouted, there's a boom slung. At that moment, the snake got loose. Luckily, it didn't bite us. It just kind of sailed away. But I, I walked away there and, and the Lord spoke to me and he, and he said to me, you know, that's sometimes the thing with uh, temptation so many of us try to try to maintain it <laughs> and i'm telling you there's really only two options either you kill that thing and stay away or i'm telling you that thing will get loose and bite you but it's impossible to maintain these type of type of things and some of us might take a position of pride and think i will be okay beware <laughs> I ask, I know we wouldn't say in so many words that we are prideful, but really deep in our hearts, that is an attitude of pride. But I think the thing that's even more alarming for me, <coughs> and I think the greater warning is that the, um, the enemy will make us believe that you can do it without the church in this time, that you could do it without the body in this time. And so, you know, we've come from a very interesting time with COVID. Church has not been as it, as it used to be. And um, we have been at times isolated from one another. And, uh, you know, there's several ways that the enemy isolate us from, from the body where we at some states feel self-sufficient apart from them. You know, the, the one is the slow tactic, you know, where we, our hearts just gradually, gradually drift, you know. It's like the frog in the, in the boiling water, but just gradually the temperature is putting, being put higher and higher and higher. But because it's happening over such a long time, we don't realize it. And just the time that we spend, the, 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 the hearts that we used to open to the church, the, 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 the understanding of how much I need the brothers and sisters around me, the accountability that comes with it, has just become more and more distant. And if you have to look at yourself now, where your heart is, and look at maybe a season a year ago or how, however ago, are you, are you as amongst us? Are you as part as you were then? The second thing, how the enemy sometimes gets us, and that's not the long ones. It's more an instantaneous thing where some offense or something is crept in uh, um, that if kind of cause something in our hearts that even though we might be together in body, our hearts is just drift further and further away. And you know what happens in our hearts is ultimately in some way and sometime going to happen with our actions. 
you know, one of the things that has really been a battle for me to be part of God's people is the orphan spirit. You know, orphan spirit is a, is a crazy thing. You know, it's an orphan spirit will make us feel alone in a crowd of people. We will be in the body, part of the people, and yet we will feel so alone. And that type of feeling sometimes, without any intent from anybody, will give us feelings of rejection. And uh, sometimes what we will do is we will act on this feeling and then isolate us and separate ourselves, you know, to deal with this type of rejection. I want to say the best way that you deal with the orphan spirit, the best way that I've over time learned how to deal with the orphan spirit when these type of feelings comes over me is to continue to press in, to stick with the brothers to learn how to be one of us, to learn how to walk out as family, to learn how to take up my place in the house and stick through all of these feelings. And it was through learning how to be a son in the house that ultimately, over time, the grip of the orphan spirit has left me. Um, and then lastly, if there is pride in your heart that I can do this without the church, I don't really need them. Is it really that necessary? I know it might be good for some, but I'm actually fine with it. Now, of course, I'm not saying that, that you should be 52 weeks a year in our meetings. If you are, it's great. I think it will be more of a blessing than a curse. And I understand that, you know, sometimes it happens that, uh, that we can't be with the brothers or the sisters. You know, we can't be together, you know. But if something is crept in your heart, that you have start valuing it less because in your heart you believe you can do it without. I want to caution you and say the same temptation of, of 1 Corinthians 10, 12, of don't think you stand, lest you fall, will probably come onto you. God has designed, God has designed the safety of his body for all of us. All right? So I, I want to, I want to ask that none of us will neglect, will neglect the togetherness, will neglect being part of the household of God or fall from any traps of the enemy to isolate ourselves in this time. All right, that was a mouthful. I hope you guys could have heard and embraced some of it. Um, I, I really do think there is something for us to take heed of. And in any way, look in any way of some of those things have touched you, please, please, please make right to God. If you need to speak to someone, please do it. If there's any offense or anything that has crept in your heart towards the body and you need to speak to people, I want to ask, do not postpone. Please make every effort to do that. All right. So let me, let me quickly pray. Jesus, I... I thank you, Jesus, for your, for your path with us, your walk with us. Uh, I thank you for what you're teaching us in this time. I thank you, Jesus, that you are bringing us to a time that, that freedom and holiness are walking hand in hand. That the grace of God and the fear of God is both our weapons in this time. And then just so much, Lord, just represent you better. It's like the lion and the lamb together Jesus and I pray Lord that we will not be imbalanced in this time that the enemy will not deceive us to err to the one side at the cost of the other Jesus I also want to pray that Lord that the, the importance of your church or the fact that you have designed all of us to grow in context of the body 
<laughs> to grow in context of family. And Father, if in any way, any one of us, Lord, has been just damaged in regards to this, or in any way, Father, we have found ourselves in a hard drift away, or in whatever way, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that there will be a taking heed to the call to return today, Jesus, and that um, people will be obedient, Jesus, and you will give them the strength to make right and to speak out, speak up where they need to. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Cheers.